Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Conversation With, a short, impactful segment with CX leaders and innovators in the space. Uh, today's topic is on how to create memorable experiences through communication. Uh, as a consumer, of course, opportunities for engaging with companies are pretty well known, right? You've got your call, you've got your email. Uh, oftentimes, you'll have real-time messaging and live chat channels. Uh, and in efforts to modernize the engagement to 2021 standards, we'll say, uh, we stress that much like a store experience, you should have plenty of guided selling opportunities, right? You're, you're greeted on the site or in the digital experience space, of course, brought to the right product for your individual unique needs. Um, there are, unfortunately, a lot of brands still out there today that are uh, without that sort of guided selling approach and in essence, essentially have a brochure digitally where they allow visitors to call with hair on fire problems or email and put in that effort. I think it was Lucille DeHart uh, in a previous live stream who stressed, you should never put the burden on the consumer to find a way to get in touch with you. And, and I think she's spot on. But to talk through how to create memorable experiences through communication, we are lucky to be joined by Dan Gingis, uh, a CX expert, keynote speaker, uh, customer experience coach, coach, excuse me, host of the Experience This podcast, which you can listen in on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, the Experience Maker show, and author of the Experience Maker in Winning at Social Care. I think that's a good highlight. Dan, are you there? Hey there, Terrence. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for joining. Uh, camera, backdrop, everything looks sharp as expected. Well, I have to compliment you because I'm always looking for new experience opportunities. And one of the things that we talk about on our podcast is called making the required remarkable. These are areas of your business that you have to do, but sometimes we don't give them enough thought to make them memorable. And that intro music that you had on this show, which of course is the required part, I was sitting there dancing backstage. I almost didn't want the show to start. It was so great. So that is what we mean by creating a great experience in a in a point where maybe people don't even expect it, but it makes such a difference. So kudos I, to I've made the joke so frequently that that's actually Fritz on saxophone because he does play saxophone. <laughs> but now I'm starting to believe it's Fritz on saxophone. We have no evidence otherwise. You know, I'll go with it. So uh, Dan, before we hop into the topic at hand, uh, how have you been? Of course, the last 13, 14 months, and, and uh, how have you been staying busy? Well, you know, as with everyone, uh, my life and my work changed, obviously, uh, with the pandemic. Um, right. The interesting thing for me is that companies actually focused more on customer experience because they had to, they were forced into it. And so for guys like me, that wasn't a terrible thing. Um, I had to pivot just like anybody else. My speaking business went from very robust to almost zero uh, pretty much in a week. I remember getting back off stage uh, in Las Vegas on March 12th. And I think by about March 20th, every other speech I had for the year was canceled. Mm. But I pivoted into helping uh, clients actually with communication, ironically, and doing a lot of content marketing, uh, influencer marketing, mm -hmm. standing up some new series and new shows. Uh, for one client, we're doing a customer experience game show, which is so much fun. Mm -hmm. um, so I've really enjoyed the pivot and yet super excited to get back there out on stage. There's nothing quite like seeing the whites of people's eyes and, and knowing that you're making an impact by, by seeing their reaction. Yeah, Zoom fatigue is real. 
uh, it's surprising, right? It's just like, <clears throat> on the one hand, I'm so thankful, of course, that we have the capacity to work remote and to, to still stay engaged. Could you imagine if we were forced to find a new way to work without this sort of capability? It'd be brutal. But on the other hand, while I see people all the time, this, this room is only about eight by eight, Dan. I don't have an awful lot of space. It quickly feels like a hamster cage, you know? Totally. I'm in the same. I got a little bit larger. I think I'm in a 13 by 10. Mm. But yeah, I've had the same view now for about uh, 13 months. And uh, it's getting old for sure. Um, yeah. I think there's some advantages. I, I actually just wrote on LinkedIn recently about how I've been networking via Zoom and that it does provide an opportunity to get to know people on a slightly different level because you see pets jump into the picture or kids or you look at someone's background and uh, the other day I, I jumped on a call with someone and they had a framed Michael Jordan jersey in the background. Well, I'm from mm -hmm. Chicago. I actually have a great story about Michael Jordan. So it was an immediate connection that we probably wouldn't make in real life because I wouldn't know that he had that hung up in his house. Yeah. Uh, so there are some advantages, but no question, you know, the best part of events uh, and conferences is the cocktail hour where you're just talking with people and meeting people and face-to-face. Uh, -face. That is, that's the part I miss the most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Dan, let's put you in a consumer shoe for a second, which you naturally we all are. Uh, have you had any memorable experiences lately as a consumer? Yeah, actually I have. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work around my house, much needed. Uh, my house is about 30 some odd years old. Most of the yeah. stuff is original. So we're doing floors and carpets and painting right. and all that sort of stuff. And one of the things I was that I really, really liked was um, we used Empire Today to do our carpets and they have uh, mm -hmm. a, a augmented reality app that allows you to take a picture of your room, choose a carpet, and then voila, your room has that carpet in it. Mm. And it's amazing because now you can see the carpet with your walls and your furniture and it makes a huge difference. And sometimes a, a carpet that you thought you liked on the screen doesn't look as good once it's in your, your house. Yeah. I thought that technology was super cool and it really allowed us to kind of dig deeper. And one of the, one of the concepts that I talk about a lot is, is being immersive and, and getting customers to really feel the experience. And, you know, you figure carpeting, who's going to be immersed in carpeting? Well, give them a VR app and you can really get immersed yeah. in, in or an AR app, I guess it is, uh, augmented reality. You can really get immersed in the experience. So that was one that I've, uh, I, I thought was really cool. And talk about, too, how smart it is from the business standpoint, right, to improve the likelihood of uh, or minimize returns and problems with the order. Because like you said, sometimes, unfortunately, it isn't what it appeared. Right. And you need to be able to see it, like have it underneath your feet. Absolutely. Exactly. Now, they haven't figured that out yet. Once they can figure out, like, can I actually walk on it in virtual yeah. reality? That'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and have you learned anything about yourself as a, co a COVID consumer, we'll say? Well, you know, I always pay attention to, I mean, I, I'm a very attentive consumer because I kind of have to be, and it's how yeah. I get all the stories. I Most of how I teach is through storytelling because I'm a believer that even though you were kind enough to call me an expert, I'm a believer that people shouldn't listen to me just because I'm the one on stage or I, the, I wrote the book. It's really, I, I teach by sharing real life examples that I want mm -hmm. people to be inspired by to say, oh, well, if this company can do this why can't we do it? Right. Uh, and so I'm always pretty attentive. And I think some of the things I've seen, you know, early on, it was really interesting to watch how companies reacted to the pandemic. 
Um, for a while, our inboxes were all filled with the same email over and over again, kind of like when all the privacy policies changed a few years yeah. back. Uh, we got all these emails that said, uh, we're cleaning better and here's a link to the CDC. And it's like, delete, delete, delete. Right. But then I started getting some that were much more thoughtful. I, I got one from Charles Schwab, uh, where I do my my where I have all my investments, and their email was not anything about cleaning or the CDC. Their email was about we know that you must be nervous and anxious about an unpredictable stock market during this time. Here's some resources that we have to help you, you know, smooth sailing. And I was like, man, that's exactly what I needed from Schwab right now. And I'm really glad that they're here for me. And that is the type of reaction that really all companies are, are driving for is for that consumer to feel like, man, I feel good spending money with this company because they've got my back. They're taking care of me. So interestingly, I think over the last year, companies have had a lot of opportunity to prove that. And then consumers have had a lot of opportunity to decide, was this company here for me or do I need to go find a different one? That might be. Uh, so a lot of people have, have read a lot of reports about consumers switching brands or at least testing yeah. other brands in, during the pandemic for that reason. Yeah, uh, that's what I was just going to close your comment with. Absolutely. We saw loyalty thrown out the window in the past 13 months. People tested new ways and convenience was, of course, convenience and safety uh, were top of mind. Uh, so Dan, to the topic, how to create memorable experiences through communication. How do you personally communicate with brands and retailers? So I personally uh, jump to Twitter DM is my favorite channel yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I do not, uh, as a habit, I do not embarrass companies. Um, I don't think that gets you what you want. So whenever consumers ask me, you know, what's the best way to get a company's response? Um, I find that when you go to a direct message channel, uh, which could be if you're not on Twitter, it could be Facebook Messenger. It also could be the uh, the live chat on their website. That tends to be a very effective channel because you're not waiting on hold. So you're not going to be frustrated through a, a long IVR on the phone or waiting on hold. Yeah. Um, it is certainly on social media, on the social media channels. I think that companies appreciate when people come to the private channel because they don't want to be embarrassed either. Right? right. And let's face it. Most of the time we're contacting a company, it's because something went wrong. Um, so it, I think when you start from that perspective and of course, when you're polite, and you are, you know, reasonable. I find that uh, almost always I've got companies, whether it's an airline or a retailer or a restaurant or whatever it is, that'll be responsive and that are, are genuinely trying to resolve the problem. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've had, I've seen all sorts of things. Um, I, I did some call listening when I worked for McDonald's. I, I couldn't believe not only the things people called about, but the anger and how they treated the, the, the customer service people, right? That had nothing to do with the, the situation that they had at the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't get you what you want. So um, I think I always advise, go to the private channels, be polite, be courteous, and generally you're gonna find companies wanna help you. And uh, Dan, obviously with so much change in the past year, uh, how have you seen uh, CX communication kind of evolve? So I think communication is one of the biggest untapped opportunities in customer experience. Let's take a step back here and just think about no matter what business you're in, how many ways you have to communicate with customers, right? right? If you're a physical 
if you have a physical location, you've got signage, you've got, you know, your, your entryway, you've got, maybe if you're a restaurant, you've got menus or whatever it is. If you're a digital company, you've got a website, you've got a mobile app, but you also have a welcome letter. Maybe you have a contract, maybe you have, you send invoices. There are tons of ways that we communicate. And again, when I get back to this concept of required remarkable, these are all opportunities to show some personality. I like to say there's no law that says your company has to be boring. It's not written anywhere, right? You can have fun. And, and one of, you know, I love sharing examples. There's some great legal examples of legal disclaimers that are so funny, you want to read them. Think about that for a minute, right? Think about taking an experience like a legal disclaimer, which almost everyone in the world is going to roll their eyes at, and turning it into something that the consumer wants to read that's amazing. And you can do that in almost any communication channel. Um, I, I have a collection of signs, the digital collection of signs uh, that I love sharing in presentations and they're all over my book just because signs are such a fun way to show personality. I, I was just pointed recently to a restaurant in Austin called El Arroyo. It's a, it's a Tex-Mex restaurant. If you go on Yelp, it actually does not get very good reviews. Mm. But if you go to their Instagram page, which has over half a million followers, their entire Instagram strategy is showing images of their letterboard sign outside of their restaurant, which has some of the most hilarious messages you've ever seen. Mm. And, and people travel mm. across the country to go to this restaurant because of the sign, not even because of the food. And yeah. so that's how powerful communication can be when you do it right. Yeah, and uh, to take something like a legal document and make it fun, right? That, that awe and shock factor, of course, is big as well. For uh, sure. I, I like to say, you know, the best ones are where you can essentially start a stand-up joke with a lawyer and a marketer walked into a bar, mm -hmm. right? And then they come out and, and this is what they did. And, and you can have fun. You, there's certainly the lawyer's going to tell you that you need to say certain words, but for example, there's no rule that says we can't define difficult words for people. Okay, right. the lawyers often use words that frankly consumers don't understand and they have to use right. them because of legal reasons. But there's nothing that says you can't explain to people what it means. Um, and so uh, I think also a lot of mistakes that financial services companies use, uh, way too many acronyms or industry terms. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, how many consumers know the difference between APR and APY, except most banks assume that you do know that difference and they just use yeah. them, you know, and expect the consumer to figure it out. And, uh, you know, Dan, what do you feel that uh, is marketing's real role in this CX journey? So marketing's role is definitely expanding. I think the first thing is that we got to remember as marketers that oftentimes our marketing is the first experience that a, that a prospect has with our brand. The experience right. doesn't start when they buy something for us. They, the experience starts when they are aware of our brand for the first time. And that, of course, is marketing. I think marketing is also responsible for essentially making the brand promise of what the experience is going to be like when you are a customer. And that is a very important role to play. And of course, the, the, the part that's most critical is that the company is able to deliver what marketing promises, right? right? So that now takes marketing further along in the customer journey because we have to make sure that we're not promising something that the rest of the company can't deliver on. And mm -hmm. so it's interesting because you've seen a lot of companies that customer service departments, 
that that the uh, CX departments are starting to come underneath the chief marketing officer, which I think makes a lot of sense because you want this all in in a single area, so that somebody has that thirty five thousand foot view of the customer journey. Otherwise, we have silos, which of course big companies are known for, and and the result there is that the customer sees a siloed experience or a clunky experience because. Right. Terrence is in charge of the onboarding, but then Dan is in charge of the next step and Terrence and Dan don't talk. And so those two experiences don't look alike. You can feel the uh, being tossed off the cliff moment, right? That, that uh, yeah. I can't remember who was on our, our stream in the past, but they were really hammering to the point that you should feel like every year, one of your touch points should feel like one single organism, right? It shouldn't feel like, yeah, clearly there's a communication lapse in the, uh, the customer experience between uh, you said sales and marketing or whatever it may be, customer success. Yeah, and, and if you have any B2B companies watching, you know, the biggest silo that you need to fix is that handoff from sales to the account manager or the customer success team. Because right. remember, people buy from people they like. So t- I bought something from Terrence because I really liked him and I've established a relationship. And then the second I signed the contract, okay, Terrence Fritz. Says, see you later. Yeah, here's Fritz. And I'm like, wait, who's Fritz? I, I like yeah. Terrence. Right. And so it, it's a it's a mistake that a lot of B2Bs make uh, and, and at a critical moment, right? Because that minute that I, that I sign that contract, let's say you're a SaaS company, it's a pretty mm. big check, right? It's a big investment. And so what am I feeling if I'm an, any normal consumer, even if I'm a B2B consumer? A little bit of buyer's remorse, a little bit of concern about, oh, am I doing the right thing? Uh, you know, my career, my job's on the line. And so it's that moment where, you need to be the, the, the company that says, you just made the best decision of, of your career. We're going to help you get promoted. And here's why. And right. instead of, hey, thanks for the contract. Now we're going to send you to somebody else, which causes more worry and concern. Right. Uh, now, Dan, I know you talk a lot about this on the Experience Maker. Uh, but what do you think it does take to actually create remarkable experiences your customers can't wait to talk about? You mentioned opportunities to... You know, it makes you be boring, I'll say simply, right? Uh, you can take sure. opportunities to spin things and, and really stand out. But anything else top of mind? Sure. So I have a methodology that I share in the book that I call WISER because I want to teach people to be wiser than the competition. Mm-hmm. And WISER stands for witty, immersive, shareable, extraordinary, and responsive. And those are the five steps to both creating positive experiences that people want to talk about. And then that responsive part is really about engaging with them when they do share. Because as marketers, we want word of mouth marketing. That's the holy grail. And to me, that's not coming from a uh, a viral video unless you're incredibly lucky. It's coming from creating experiences that are remarkable. And remarkable literally means worthy of remark. Why would someone want to talk about your experience? And the research shows, interestingly enough, that consumers are more willing to share positive experiences than negative ones. The Mm. problem is we don't have very many positive ones to share. And so what we tend to see out in social media is a lot of negativity. I teach companies how to flip that around and create those positive experiences so that that's what people are talking about. At McDonald's, we had a slow, we had a kind of a saying that we want to make the lovers louder than the haters because you often can't get rid of the haters, but you can certainly drown them out with the brand fans. Uh, and McDonald's, we'll use as one example, but uh, are there any other brands out there that are making this sort of experience that you're particularly proud of? 
A uh, couple that I uh, really think have been doing a great job, probably the company that I get, you know, I, I experiment by sharing a lot of different stories on stage. And what's interesting is there's one company that every single time I get off stage, somebody runs up to me and says, I got to tell you my story about this company. And that company mm -hmm. is Chewy. It is the pet yeah. supplies, online pet supplies company who does such a magnificent job through the entire journey. Uh, their customer service emails are the best customer service engagements I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. They remember that, you know, they've, they've written down in their CRM what your pet's names are. So they're able to personalize to your individual pet. Um, I've had countless people tell me about how they've had a pet that's died, unfortunately. And when they call up Chewy to cancel their order, Chewy sends them flowers because they, you know, as almost like, and a condolence card mm. because they're smart enough to know that most pet owners, when they lose a pet, they're going to mourn for a little while and then they're going to get another pet. Right. And this is a company that has just figured out loyalty, not with a loyalty program, not with sort of the typical, but with just a personalized, immersive, deep experience with their customers. Uh, and it's amazing at really at every turn. Yes, I have actually had Chewy, I think on more than one occasion, and remind me of when my own pet's birthday is. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh, crap. Great. It was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So um, the last question I have for you, Dan, and uh, I want to go a little more upstream, right? Because we've talked about how to create memorable experiences through communication. And a lot of the examples are, of course, uh, for maybe people a little further down in the funnel, right? That, that are engaging with you, that are willing to reach out on Twitter DM. Do you have any insight or uh, recommendations for those brands that are looking to go upstream and get more of those people that uh, maybe aren't going to go out of their way to find a way to get in touch with you, if that makes sense. They're not yet loyal customers because we have seen loyalty thrown out the window. How do we create a memorable experience for those people that are hitting our site for the first time, as an example? Sure. I think that's, uh, or, or even before that, right? Even before yeah. they know about our site. Sure. Uh, you know, again, think about things from a consumer's point of view. Uh, I'll give you an example. I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan and I'm often in my car, so I'm listening on the radio. Hmm. Now, for whatever reason, the radio station basically sells ads to about six advertisers that then run the same commercial over and over a thousand times during yeah, baseball season, yeah, right? Yeah. 152 games, and every game it plays five different times. And there's a couple of them that are literally so annoying that as soon as they come on, I turn the radio off. Yep. Now, I always wonder, what conference room were people sitting in saying, okay, this is a great radio ad. We're so excited to run this. When I'm listening to their skulls, skulls over and over again. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. My ears are bleeding listening to this thing. And yet somebody thought this was a great idea. So that's a, I mean, there's literally one of them. I won't name it, but there's one that is a charitable organization that mm. I can tell you, you couldn't pay me to donate to this charitable organization because I can't stand the radio ads. Yeah. Now, that's not the way to start a relationship with somebody, right? right? And so we do have to, we, you know, and, and to me, that's just probably that they didn't do enough testing. They didn't, you know, put it out and have audiences listen to it and give commentary back, which is so critical. Mm. Even in the digital space, when I was at Discover Card, we did not make an update to almost any web page without doing usability testing and getting real consumers to try it out first. And it is right. amazing what they will tell you that is not at all what your programmers are thinking. Because the programmers are thinking from a programmer perspective and how to get the job done. But the consumers are telling you, but this is how I actually use the site. 
So, mm. okay, I understand you put the thing over here because that's convenient, but that's not where I'm looking for it. And yeah. so that kind of communication helps you really understand what people are looking for, and then you can provide that experience, right? I think the other thing is uh, for things like uh, social media, right? I am not a big fan of uh, of social media as a marketing channel. I love it as an engage, uh, engagement channel. Yeah. But think about when you're on Facebook and you're and you're you know scrolling through pictures of cat videos and baby pictures and all that. You've seen you my Facebook really, then, yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, everybody's Facebook. Yeah. But do you really want to be interrupted with an ad at that point? And if you do, that better be an ad that is really, really relevant, mm. right? Because you are interrupting my enjoyable moment where I'm just sort of relaxing and scrolling. Now, that's very different, for example, than when I go look up something, on when I go make a Google search, now I'm showing intent and so if you want to put an ad in front of me right there that's relevant to me, love it because that's actually what I'm looking for. And again, the more we can think like consumers, just think about how you shop for stuff and what you like and don't like. Yeah. I made a commitment a long time ago, you know, that certain types of pop-up ads are so annoying. You know, yeah, they work. And the marketers will say, oh, we got to keep them there because they work. But the problem is they annoy so many other people. I'd love to find another option. Yeah. Um... Absolutely. Well in line with that. Uh, I will add that in terms of uh, jingles, I think the one that rivals Fritz's saxophone playing on this live stream is Empire Today, the flooring, <laughs> which you yeah. have experienced. I haven't seen one of their commercials in 10 years and I could sing it to you. Of you know? course. Yes. They now have an 800 in front of that, that famous phone number. Um, but yes, exactly. That is one of those that we remember from our, our childhood and it just sticks there. And, and that is a, that's a positive one. Right. Um, Positive spin on hammering it into our brain, possibly. Right. Correct. Interestingly, this charity <laughs> also sings a phone number. <laughs> I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> I was thinking how I could allude to it without saying it. Yeah, I try not to. I, I really try not to expose negatives because, you know, enough people beat up the companies that are not doing it right. But yeah. um, but. Anyway, yes, the carpeting company, for sure. It's a, it's a great example of one that is positively memorable. Well, Dan, I know we've kept you up for 27 minutes. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, this was a ton of fun. Good to see you as always. And uh, we look forward to somehow dragging you back on in the months to come. I'd love it. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's a great show. And I uh, appreciate you, uh, you having me on. Yes, sir. Uh, everyone, please check out the Experience Maker. I think, Fritz, you populated the URL before. Uh, there it is. Thank you, Dan, for joining us. Next week, CX expert Roy Atkinson joins us at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Thank you, Dan, for making the time to connect on how to create memorable experiences through communication. See you guys next week.